0: Right and welcome to Conversations with Ken O'Conick. I have Nate Tracy here again for round two. There were so many things that was left untalked about in our last episode and I know that we right after we got off the call we were texting each other and we're like oh my gosh that was awesome but we should have talked about this or this is also something we should talk about so we had to get this on the book so I'm really excited that we were able to carve this out and get this done so I'm glad to have you back on Nate. Yeah. Honor,
1: honor for sure.
0: Yeah. And so uh, I think if we were just to get right into this, um, one of the big things that was talked about, but I knew we wanted to talk more about was purpose and finding your purpose and what is your purpose. And I think that there's just so much, you know, a layers to that onion to unpack. And so, you know, where do you want to start with that?
1: Well, I guess I think everybody has a internal, um, idea of what purpose is to them, you know, and I, I think it's fair to say that everybody has the right to have their own kind of direction on what that means. But to me, you know, I think that that purpose is really truly a love for something. I think if you look it up, it's it's the reason something exists. Right. And and honestly to how do we impact this world and and give meaning to the world. And so um so I think it's one of those things I always go back to kind of my roots and and so I'm no scholar on the Bible but you know in the in the good book it talks about one of the first lines that says in the beginning God created you know guy he said God is a creator he he created the heavens and the earth and and I think he made us in his image and therefore I think that um I think that's what deeply we're rooted to do is to create things and and to love into that and so I was looking this up and and it's it's interesting to to get the perspective of thinkers in the world, you know, Steve Jobs says that, he says that your life will totally change once you realize that everything from the microphone that we're, we're talking into, to the computers, to the pens, he's like, everything was created by somebody no smarter than you. Yet we put all these people on pedestals. And I think sometimes that affects our identity and, and what truly we're, we're here to do. And so I think purpose kind of ties all that together and says, you know, what are you truly passionate about? And when you let down your guard and you start to live in your true identity, I think that um, you start to become a creator within this world that affects people.
0: What would be your recommendations for someone that is trying to figure that out? Because I think that there's a lot of people that do get into a niche or a lane and that's just like it seems like it's a perfect fit or you know they are just rocking and then there's other people that see other people from the outside looking in and they want that but they just don't know what that is for themselves and so i think they do tend to struggle with what is my purpose what is this identity that i want to be and i want to live what's your recommendations to someone to try to figure that out
1: yeah it's interesting
0: that you just brought that up right away because I've been helping you know we have this big huge team of
1: we work within this company but they're all independent distributors if you will and and they're building their own brands and and so I had this girl that's been very very successful within our business and I think she's been doing it for about three years and she came to me the other day and she's like you know I just feel like I'm just running on this wheel right now she's like I don't understand what really my purpose is I'm She's really good on social media. She comes off, people love her, but she's like, but I get confused in, in where I'm going and like, what I, what am I truly trying to accomplish? And so, so we sat down and you'll love this because I, I know that this was one of those, you had a season that you really went through a strength-based leadership. And so I sat her down and I said, let's take this test and let's just figure out first, just by nature, like, what are your strengths? And we found her top five strengths, right? And so then I said, well, what if we created a mission statement that really engulfs who you are and what you're trying to accomplish within that in the world? I said, I think this is going to help you out with your purpose. And so so anyway, so we, we went through that and she couldn't stop messaging me because it just lit something in, in, inside of her because mm-hmm. all of a sudden now she's connecting the dots because so many times... We feel like we're just reacting in life. And that's where she had gotten to a place where she was really good at reacting, but she didn't feel like she had a direction in which she was going and and she could tie everything together. Mm-hmm. And so so I think uh, what I do a lot of times is I have people take the strength-based leadership test, figure those things out. And then I think it was actually you years ago that said, okay, within those top five strengths what what is the one that could be kind of the hub of that that all the other ones can support mm-hmm. and so you know for instance i created one years back when i was kind of going through the same thing mine was creating connections that empower people to to live a good life and and so what i did is i broke it down into three sections and said if i could make this into training so that to me it makes sense and i could align everything to it i want to be number one i want to be a creator right but But I want to connect people. I don't want to be the hero in the story. I actually, what lights me up is to see somebody else succeed. So if I can create connections, whether that's to a mindset or that's to another person or whatever it may be, right, I'm winning it there. It's making me feel good, right? And then the whole premise behind it is how do you empower people to take next steps and change the world, Mm -hmm. right? And And then just wordsmithing through that, like I always tell people, wordsmith on like three or four or five sheets of paper and just write things down that mean things to you. And then you start to condense that and create a sentence out of it. And for me, I ended it with, um, you know, to live a good life because I felt like good was all encompassing. You could, you could say, what is a good life to you, right? It doesn't put it in a box. It doesn't, it's not a spiritual life or it's not, you know, something that somebody could be like, oh, that's not really for me. Mm -hmm. Anybody can fit into wanting a better life and 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 so then i could define good what what a good life was to me and so so anyway i kind of use my journey within that a lot of times to help kind of guide somebody else and and condense it down to one or two sentences where they can start to say i think one of the most important things in life is is to say no to things so that you can be great at other things right and and sometimes what happens is as you become more and more successful is people start asking you to do more and more things because you bring value to it. And I think one of the, the, the big key purse, uh, one of the key things to, to knowing your purpose is to be able to say, Hey, that doesn't really align with where I'm going. Therefore I'm not going to affect as many people. I, I could just be busy doing the things that they other people want. Yeah. And so, so I, I don't know, that's a long answer, but, but a mission statement I think really helps to kind of tie your purpose into life and what you're doing.
0: Yeah. I think it's important to highlight the no part you said there at the end is that's actually something that's been really important in me and Chelsea's lives. We always chose like, what's one thing we're going to focus on this year. Uh, and funny enough. So the the strength test that Nate's referring to is strength based leadership, which is through Gallup polling. It's a source that I've followed for a long time and I highly recommend everyone go take it. It's the Clifton Strengths Test. It's like twenty bucks. Highly, highly valuable insight on who you are. Um, but in Gallup polling, I read recently. I think it was last year, just towards the end of last year, is they they did a survey of the top contributors in the world when it comes to wealth, uh, you know, abundance, creation, and the thing that they had more in line with anything else was they were less agreeable than most other people. And so Mm -hmm. when I hear you say no more often, it's like being less agreeable, like saying like, no, that's not, that's not line. you know, not gonna do that. You know, no, I don't want that. I want it to be this, like, you know, Steve Jobs wanting the the cell phone to be smaller or something, you know, they were less agreeable. And because they were less agreeable, they were able to push boundaries and or protect time to get to a bigger, better space, right? So it's so funny that you were saying that. But I want to know when it comes to that mission statement, when it comes to figuring that out, do you recommend someone to find someone to work through with that? Do you recommend that they start journaling in their own notebook with themselves? Like, what's that process? Because that person you're talking about had you and this is something you have done for people for a long time. When it comes to someone that maybe doesn't have an amazing mentor, maybe what are some of your recommendations to try to work on that mission statement or get something out there that might not be the perfect one, but to at least start on this path?
1: Yeah, well, I I think I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's first just getting something out there because your purpose is always a work. You know, even Tony Robbins had said this in the past. He's like his His purpose statement was this big, long, it was like a paragraph when he first started. And he said, Mm -hmm. now he's condensed it down to a couple words. And so I think that that's always changing. I think purpose is really when you're going after something that you're never really going to achieve, but it aligns your actions. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's the most important part. So I think a lot of times it's really difficult to do it in your head. I think wordsmithing it and putting it out on paper. If you have somebody to run things by, I know with that girl, she... I mean, she was so excited. She was writing things and sending them to me. And and I was just kind of there to kind of just help her pick through it because sometimes she would be repeating herself throughout the, you know, it started as a paragraph. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, these two things kind of mean the same, like which, which one of those phrases hits your heart more, right? And so we'd cut the other one out. And so it was just a process of slowly condensing that. And it took a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden when she got it, you could tell it, she was just a different person, mm-hmm. and so to answer your question, I think some sometimes you're going to have those people in your life where you can run those things through. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're going to you haven't really created your circle of influence that you trust and and have fruit in the the areas that you want to go. Therefore, you know you might not have that wisdom around you. And so I think the best thing is to get it down on paper where you can start to see it and cross it off and and determine what's really best for you moving forward.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would say that if you don't have someone, um, it, it is to get it on paper and you it is absolutely a truth that you attract who you are. Right. So if you have this mission statement, you read it every morning, you read it every night and you start to live through whatever it is, even if it's not perfect. You're going to maybe attract that person that would be the person that could help, you know, war plan that with you to refine it and make it better. You, you're going to most likely attract someone in your life through that process. And another thing that I recommend to someone that when they're doing that, because I have done this at a couple different points in my life because it's changed, like Nate and I were talking about, is maybe start with who you are not. And who you don't want to be because it's sometimes really hard to like put a pin like I am this I will do this like it's almost more challenging to like call out exactly what you're going to do or who you're going to be versus who you are not or what things that you don't want to be with you. And in that process of elimination you tend to uncover the area or the direction you want to go. That's at least been my experience in the times that I've done it, because I think it's really hard to be like, I'm going to be this person of responsibility and value that, you know, and integrity that no one will ever, you know, doubt or something of that nature. It's harder to claim that than it is to be like, I don't want to be known as, you know, un you know, uncommitted or I don't want to be known as not being the transparent person or the direct person. Mm -hmm. And so that's just another couple of things that I always think of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And actually that leads me into something that I've become really passionate about talking about, and that's identity. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if you guys are listening, you're writing notes, you know, write this down, Jamie Winship, uh, he's somebody that I've been studying as of, of, of lately. And he started out, uh, as a police officer in, in Washington, DC, and then started working with the CIA and, and is responsible for helping, uh, put out a lot of terrorist attacks, within within the world and so anyway he has this this chart and i wrote it down and and i haven't actually taken his class yet i just took the the intro to it so so i'm just kind of going off the cuff here but but it's it's about false identity and true identity and the reality is especially in this world that we're in right now with so much negativity in social media he talks about there's always going to be external conflict he says but what happens is the way that we process that has to do with if we're living in our true or false identity. And he goes on and gives all these really cool stories that I'm not a good storyteller. So I'll, I'll leave that to him to tell you, but but essentially external conflict leads to internal conflict, Mm -hmm. which then is processed through fear. Okay. And that's, if you're living in a false identity and really what that is, is it's a separation mindset. And so it's, it's, the ability of, of not being enough or that there's a scarcity mindset or that it turns into hate or hopelessness, that those types of things, right? And isolation. So he said the opposite of that, when you start to learn how to train yourself, is your true identity is living in abundance. So it's the opposite of all those things. Instead of hate, there's love. Instead of hopelessness, there's hopefulness. There's Instead of isolation, you step into fellowship right? It's all about connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and when you start to train yourself to to lean into those things, I remember a pastor that that once he said this all the time, he's, you know, he talked about anytime there's something uncomfortable, you want to lean into it, as opposed to putting up a wall and, and walking away from it. And, and so what it does is it flips that whole process on its heads, where you're living out of courage and fear. And, that internal conflict actually becomes internal peace because you're, you're ideating constantly. Mm -hmm. You're thinking of, instead of this being a, a loss or something happening to you, it's happening for you. Right. And how do you flip that? And so again, coming back to what you just talked about, when you're writing your mission statement, you know, writing what you're not, a lot of times you have to train yourself to say, you know, I'm, I'm enough. It's, it's not like so so many times we do things out of the fear that we're not enough or that we don't have what it takes. And actually going back to that, that first quote that I was talking about with, with Steve Jobs is he said when he realized that all these things that have been created were created by people no different than us, right? They just had a path and they were focused on that. And because of that, they succeeded, we all have that ability. And mm-hmm. so when you start to think in abundance, then that's how you start to, to, again, narrow down, like, what are you on this, this planet for, and what is your purpose? And then you can start to really truly like ideate and write on that page. What do you want to be right? Starting with what you're not, but, but what do you want to be? Because you have the power, honestly, to be anything.
0: I I don't know if this is going to align what you're talking about, but when you talked about leaning into it versus running away from it. I don't know if you remember it. I think we were at it together. Is the training about the difference in 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 Utah with the buffalo versus the cow? Oh, totally right. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what did you just made me think of because. Yeah. So, this uh, you know the fable of the story goes is that cows and buffalo both are native to Utah and they um, there's lots of crazy like rainstorms and the it's natural that cows and buffalo both sense when a storm is coming and what ends up happening is is that there is a lot of studies that show that buffalo live much longer than cows and the one big difference that they found is that when the storm is coming cows would hunker down and cuddle up and weather the storm whereas buffalo would the minute a storm was coming instead of hunkering down they started walking towards it together and so as the storm would come through as they kept pushing forward they would go through and get to the other side of a storm much quicker and have to actually you know with take the pressure of the storm a lot less than a cow that would hunker down right because the cattle would just stay there and they'd have to wait for the storm to pass and i think that's equally true for finding your purpose this identity of who you are because if you are just weathering the storm of life versus calling out who you are claiming that and moving towards it you're going to take on a lot of extra pressure a lot of extra energy of things that you shouldn't or couldn't be doing because you're putting too many things out to too many things versus focusing in on one thing yeah, that's so good. Man, what a good analogy that is, too. <laughs> yeah. And you said that. It just made me think of it. I haven't thought of that for years. Not even going to lie. Haven't thought of that in a long time. But you said that, and it just made me think of that.
1: Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is, like, even when we're watching movies, like, what what draws us to a good movie? It's actually going from that comfortable state of, like, just wanting to belong and being a consumer to... Following somebody that has something that they want and learning and discovering your gifts and becoming the hero, but when you go full circle, really what it what it turns into is a service mentality where you're now a creator and you're giving back to the next person to the next hero, right? And and all that stuff, like everything that we talk about, it's really it's leaning into something as opposed to just like you said, trying to weather the storm or just get comfortable in whatever state that you're in, which is not comfortable, but we just pretend and and we start to numb ourselves. And so I, I love the the season we're in because anytime you have this, this global issue or we'll say in the United States for right now, like you really have separation from the people that are being intentional and and walking into the storm versus the people that are just like, they don't know what to do. And some of those people just need a, they need a leader. They need somebody to step up and say, hey, let me show you what you're supposed to do because they just don't know any different because throughout their whole life, that's what their
0: family's done. Yeah. That's what they know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people bouncing around, right? Trying to find themselves in time of chaos. Yet the people that are staunch in the direction they're going or who they are, or what they're doing, they will definitely bring, you know, a high, what high tide raises all boats. You know, there will be the high tide in the storm. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to this, this keeping in your identity, I, I'm curious on what your thoughts are on this is, you know, can that change, right? Can you be, you know, a business person, you know, be in a court, like maybe a corporate company running show to becoming, you know, full-time parent to then starting your own business? Like, can that identity change, you know, along the way or be refined uh, over the process? And what, what's, what would you speak to that specifically?
1: Well, I, I think when you're talking identity, I think it's, I think it's the mindset behind anything you do. We talked about this last time, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? Mm-hmm. It, I, I think that everything overlaps. And so I think that if you become a good businessman by nature and you're challenging yourself consistently, right, to grow, I think that when you step into parenthood, I think the same thing happens. I think if you're doing the opposite and and you're just somebody that checks in and does a nine to five and checks out and really doesn't have a worry and doesn't put themselves in a, in a position to, to be stretched or be uncomfortable. Well, guess what happens when they have a kid, right? The same type of thing. And when there's issues raising the child now, all of a sudden they're, they're allowing somebody else to do it, right? That's the teacher's job or, or that type of thing. So I think, again, I think everything overlaps and, and I, I love that saying how you do anything is how you do everything because it challenges you in this moment, whatever you're doing right now is going to affect what you do later forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't practice those things, then that malpractice will it, it will spill over to your to the rest of your life.
0: So so yeah. I, th- I
1: think the answer is yes. I think your identity affects everything based off of what season you're in.
0: Yeah. So say someone's created one and they have someone else in their life or, you know, they're they're doing it on their own and they're looking to attract <laughs> someone or hopefully find someone to refine that more is there some other things that you can recommend them to do? Is it a journal where they're checking in morning and night and, you know, you know, debunking some of the stuff out of their head onto paper to refine that or make sure that they're on the right path. Any, any, any suggestions on that?
1: Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is where you're going with this, but I, I think one of the hardest things when you're on a path of personal growth is, is wanting your significant other or those around you to be on that same path. It doesn't, yes. they don't have to be your significant other, but right. Your friends, your, any, but your acquaintances, any, anybody around your family, like anybody. And so I think that that is probably the most difficult thing. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Sometimes if your significant other is on a path of personal growth, but it's not the same path as you. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that, there's so many things that can try to pull us apart in this world that we have to be very intentional to understand that, number one, everybody has their own story. And what you have to do is you have to start to understand their story. What, what, one of the, the sayings that I've kind of adopted is, if I only knew your story. So many times we're living with somebody and we don't truly even know their story and the, the reason why they do the things they do. We have this story in our head but we don't truly ask questions and understand. So I think I think number 1 if if you want to try to help change the environment, you know, that is around you, I think you have to get to know that person so that empathy comes out and it will make you better at, at your personal growth as well, right? If you can start to work through those things. I think by nature what we try to do is we try to create a dictatorship mm-hmm. where if we know something, we know just enough to make us dangerous, but we don't know the ins and outs of it or we don't take the time for it. Therefore, if they don't align with us, then we start to create separation, right? So that's where that that false identity or true identity comes in. You got to constantly be asking yourself, am I doing things to create connection or separation? Mm -hmm. And so the same thing goes with with your significant other, your friends, your family, that type of thing, which is hard. Like (laughs) the hardest people to lead are the people that are closest to you because you don't. You actually, you think you know everything about them, right? And so... So I think to answer your question I think that I think one of the most important things is either journaling or having some quiet time each day that you've put aside where you're you're specifically walking yourself through what you did the day before and you're assessing and you're trying to make little tweaks because you're never going to react the way that you want to you're never going to be that perfect person it's going to take time of refining and <laughs> and changing who you are and changing those habits and so that is a big piece of it right that is is how do you work internally on yourself whether that's scratching notes on your phone or journaling or having that quiet time in the shower where you're purposely thinking about that stuff or for me for a while it was making my bed you know i I spent that five minutes as we're putting on all those pillows that my wife wanted on our bed right putting those up there and thinking about the, the day prior and what could I have done better in my leadership in my house. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what really helped to kind of develop me.
0: Yeah, it wasn't where I was intending to go, but it was still really good. Um, and I will argue that uh, I know that between you two that you use more pillows than she does when it comes to sleeping. <laughs> so you like decorative There's, there's two sides like, to that coin. <laughs> I yeah. like body pillows. I know. I know. Um, but is that if you do create a mission statement, if you do create this identity that you want to step into and move towards, you have to check against it, right? It can't just be put in a piece of paper, even have it in your head and not flesh it out, right? You need to be putting it against the, the actions that you do. You need to be asking yourself questions every single day. Am I moving closer to this? Am I moving further away from this? If it's how you do anything is how you do everything and you throw something and it hits the back of the trash can and falls down and you walk away from it, you know, in your mind, you need to play that game of like, oh, my God, how I do anything is how I do everything. Let me go back into there, pull it up, you know, pick it and just, you know, rate yourself against that is really important. Something else, too, that I have, you know, in my process of living in my identity, there's these buckets that just became more and more and more important to me right? Like who am I as a leader, as in a family man, as in a spouse and in work. And then, you know, rating every single day, you know, am I growing in that? Am I, am I progressing that? Or did that stay the same, you know, and using a very simple, like binary score, one or O, one or a, did I add or did I not? Right. Not that I subtracted because if I didn't do anything, then I didn't add. And that was like, okay, a focus for the next day right? Same thing spiritually, same thing with my own health, mentally, physically. Did I read books? Did I exercise? And just having a score in that was so valuable because, and then just checking it every day. And now years later, I don't do it every day of every week of every month, but I do it more days than I don't. And it far benefits my focus going into the next day. Yeah, that's really good.
1: And and I think the key thing there is, especially at the beginning is, is writing it down because in your head, you start to make excuses why you're doing the things that you're doing, right? And if it's down on paper, you can say, This is what, this is what I put forth, this is who I am. Does this match up? Not not the gray area. It's either black or white, right? Does this or does this not match up? And so I, I think that that's where it becomes very important to write things down and, and keep revisiting them.
0: And guys, no, it changes like how you do it, what you journal, if it's gratitude like it changes. Like it is always changing for me. It's not like I do the exact same thing three years later. I've progressed it based on what aligns. Where am I getting more out of myself? Where am I feeling more fulfilled in how I'm doing it? How am I measuring success and failure and adjusting from that? And if you just know that it's a progression, that you don't need to have this perfect process today, it allows you to start, which in my opinion is way more important than creating the perfect mission statement or creating the perfect journaling plan to do it. Just start. And I don't even care if it's just writing something down in it every day. That process of starting and committing to it is far greater to your your success than finding the perfect way to do it. Because I think a lot of people get stuck on perfection, right? I need to have the perfect plan and I want to have all these journals and this one is for this one. They complicate it way too much. Just literally start. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I mean all that to be said around identity Nate is there anything else when it comes to someone finding their identity honing in on their identity you know fleshing it out is there anything else that's been really heavy on your heart recently that you as you've been working with so many other leaders and getting them to where they want to go that's important to talk about in this identity piece that we wanted to talk about today
1: well I think I think one of the things is is perception on, on life and and looking through the lens of, I I guess, creating clarity on, on who's around you to support you. Mm -hmm. You know, we've said this before is, you know, you're the, sum of the five people that you hang around. A lot of that is not just the people you hang around. It's the books, it's the podcasts, you know, you have so many inputs these days. Um, but I think. And again, we've. I think we've said this. I think we might have said this on the lab, last podcast. But you know, you have to have a filter in which, or, or a, a circle of trust that you come to. That you are asking questions. You're looking for wisdom. You're paying attention to the things that they're doing. Um, you know, Andy Andrews is is a great author, and I had the, I had the ability to to hang around him for uh, for about five to seven years, something like that. Like when we were in our previous business, they used to bring him in all the time to talk to us personally and and, in the leadership classes. And, And, a lot of times he would go back to, he, he was a studier of, of, of the past and, and loved to look at ancient things. And, and, you know, he was called himself a noticer. And one, I remember one of the trainings he did, he, he talked about, um, in david and, and being a father to, to solomon which solomon was they say if you're in a, in today's time he would be worth a couple trillion dollars like just crazy amounts of money right and and the whole premise was like how do you as a father like how do you raise good kids and in andy andrews's whole training was based on david you don't raise kids you raise good adults right and because you're, you're you're figuring out the way that to help them think right and make the right decisions. And so I think one of the things as we grow as leaders is we, we need to think ourselves think of ourselves like children. We're there to soak up wisdom from people that have already done it before us, you know, because he said, and I think this is kind of where society has gone wrong a little bit. Like if you talk about, I think, I think most of you have probably heard, you know, hard times create strong men, strong men create easy times, easy times create weak men weak men create hard times. It's this cycle, right? That that's constantly going. Well, a lot of that has to do with when you have hard times, people are paying attention to wisdom. When you have easy times, people are not right. They think they know everything. And so we do this with our kids too. I think that when, when it becomes very easy to push them off to the teachers or push them off to social media, that type of thing, we become absent and so essentially what he was saying is is you know david taught him how to make his own decisions taught him he became a great ruler and and the richest man in the world because of the fact that he had a father that said he wanted him to make mistakes and work through those mistakes and talk through those mistakes and i think that as a culture as we build as leaders and and we help develop new leaders and we try to duplicate that I think we have to understand that it's okay for people to make mistakes. We just have to be there to help them to talk through those problems. We can't be there to shield them from them and completely take them away. So I'm talking a lot of this. I'm talking to the parents as much as I'm talking to, to mentorship, you know, just in the business. And um, if you guys are our new parents, one, a, a great author, great book is, is from Danny Silk, Loving Your Kids on Purpose. Um, because I married into two kids that were, uh I think at the time four and six, maybe six and eight, and and it, it was not for me it, being thrown into that. I I totally thought it was going to be different than what it was, and and I had to learn to truly not only love but but how how to bring wisdom to the the household, right, and not push them off onto something else because I was busy. So I think that's one of the things is is understanding that we first have to be that child. And we, you know, as, as we're growing as leaders, we have to look at who out there has that wisdom and we have to be hungry and
0: thirsty for it. And then, and then we got to do that same thing. We got to pass it down. Mentoring or parenting. And I think you're totally spot on is creating a space where you can fail uh, and you can learn from that failure. I find too many times that in life, in business, People are terrified of making a mistake and because of that fear, they end up never getting to where they could be or achieving what they're possible of achieving because they've never pushed the boundary enough to go that far. They're staying within this space with this in these bumper lanes and it's, it's not allowing for that right? Because same thing with the child is like a child has to make a mistake. If it doesn't learn how to make a mistake, how does it learn to learn from the mistakes it made and then improve, right? Um, And Chelsea and I are implying that we are not experts in parents by any means. We only have an 18 month old uh, but that came from, beginning. Uh, yeah, it, but it came from this anti-fragility mindset of when raising kids, like yeah. not using plastic cups around them, allowing them to use glass, allowing them to break things because they learn in the process of that, that, oh, when I fall off that, that hurts, right? Or, oh, when I break that, it makes a really loud noise and that scares me. And through that, that environment of nurture and making sure it's okay and yeah, it happens, allows them to not live in fear of breaking something or live in fear of getting hurt by trying something new. And that same thing applies to adults. And so I think it, yes, you're totally right. I think it starts at the parenting. I again, have not played that out. I don't know if that will be successful. I say we got to check back in 40 years and see where things end up and then we'll know if it was successful or not. But, uh, I've definitely seen, you know, fruits of that already. Yeah. And
1: and think about this, you know, we I, th- I think we we put it in a box and call it the blue rib. You know, everybody gets a blue rib uh, ribbon. But the reality, I mean, I love the what you just said about the the glass, like letting them break the glass. How many times have all of us got plastic cups because of the the kids and so that they don't do that. But yet what a great experience for them to to see that. And from that point forward, they're more careful.
0: You know, they're yeah. more careful. They realize when they throw that cup off the high chair, it it, it, it totally changes it. We've already broken yeah. one, right? But it legit, she threw it off and it made this, and it like, Chelsea got scared a little bit and it totally scared her. And then she was like a little emotional, but then we totally were like, Hey, it's okay. Like it's a broken glass. Let's clean it up. Ouch. It hurts. Like when you, and it totally changed in, in an instance, right? And she's 18 months old, right? She's, she's young. And so it, it's learning that when I do this, this happens, right? And I don't like that. Okay, great. Let's let's not do that again, right? But then when you push the boundary and you do something and it, hey, it felt really good, or hey, that worked. I didn't expect that. Let me do that again. Then that fosters this, you know, of pushing barriers, trying new things. Yeah. I was just just piggybacking on that, I was listening to uh, a
1: Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. podcast. And- Love him he was talking about when, when he was growing up and he said, you know, times have changed so much. He said back, back in the day. And same for me, like, you know, we, we got, if we got in trouble, we got the belt or, you know, Mm -hmm. we got, or or my dad was the belt. My mom was the spoon. And, uh, and uh, but he talked about his parenting. He said, you know, and this was very interesting. It hit me hard. He said, when we did something wrong, we knew we deserved it. He's like, we, we got a paddling. He's like, but after we were done with that, every single night that we got in trouble, anytime that we got in trouble, we went out to dinner because that was over like that. We got what we deserved. And then and then there was love after that. And I thought, wow, that's really powerful. There was no grudge. Right. It was just like, hey, we want to show you this was wrong because of this reason. Okay, now let's go. Let's go carry on. Let's go have a, a a dinner and let's love each other. And let's just not do that ever again. Right. Right. And how powerful it was, is that, yeah. and, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, parents have to make their own decisions, whether you spank or not, or not spank or, but again, what, what is very apparent is the parent saying, look, there's, there's repercussions to whatever decisions we make. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're a child or you're an adult. But afterwards, what are you truly living in? You're living in love. You're doing that because you're showing them you're doing that because you love them. And so the underlying is we love you. We want to show you what the right thing to do is or or there's a consequence to that because you did the wrong thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is going to that is going to raise good adults.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, it's
1: giving them a choice. Right. And he knew if he if he messed up, then he had a choice. He was he was creating that choice.
0: Yeah. I was, I was definitely a spoon, never a belt, but definitely a spoon. Yeah. Wood spoon. <laughs> uh, and again, it's, it's, however, I think that, I think the other thing too to know and this is the same thing with people is there's different types of people, right? I think there's certain children that absolutely push the boundaries beyond belief and they need to understand, or they maybe need a sterner, you know, um, parenting than others. Right. You know, and I, I think that everyone's different and just figuring out what that level of you know, repercussion and then followed by love, right? You know, we've always said in you know, a, you know, throw a pie in your face and then gently wipe it off afterwards, right? So you call it out and then you clean it up and then you know you give them some love. Yeah. I wanna I wanna spend some time on this word that you used, you know, when you're talking about Andy Andrews is you know, perception and perspective. I think it's really important to identify the, the difference is between that. I think those two words get used, you know, in synonyms and they're not right. I think, you know, understanding how your perception controls your perspective mm-hmm. and a lot of people have their own perspective, but not understanding they can control what controls their perspective. Mm-hmm. Did you want to elaborate on that at all? Well,
1: perception is, is based off of the things you've gone through in life, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has a different lens. And so I think that's the biggest thing is we have to realize a lot of times when we don't get along or we don't understand why somebody would do that, it, it comes back to that saying that, you know, if I only knew your story and, and it digs into the, the, the ability to ask questions and, and create a true understanding versus you making an assumption. And so I think that, I think that's the, the first thing is really defining that and understanding that we could both see a square peg, but i call it round and you call it square right because that's what we were taught and and so that's what when you when you create clarity that you create more connection and and understanding versus that separation a lot of times right now what social media does is is it puts it puts you in a box and says this is how it is and this is how everybody sees it the reality is we don't and subconsciously that's training us all to to walk away from each other as opposed to leaning in and in, in truly understanding, like, why why do they believe that? Why do they think that? Do they have the right to think that? Everybody has a right to, to think and feel based off of their past experiences. But but for some reason right now, we're under the assumption that everybody should have the exact same feeling with a different situation in life. Yeah.
0: When you're saying ask questions around perception, is that you're saying, do you need to ask yourself questions as you're sorting through things? Uh, That's a great question.
1: I I think you start there, but I think honestly, it becomes external because I think, think, again, we don't truly understand until we understand. And until we understand what they've been through and why they think the way that they do, then there's no way for us to fathom why they made that decision. Right. There's if if you if you took somebody that's a bully all their life or, or, or a bully as a kid it's because at some point they were bullied right but we only see we only see that very end piece when they bullied us or bullied our, our son or daughter or whatever it is right and therefore we put them in a in a box of being that that unlovable kid that we want to push away but the reality is at some point something happened to them Mm -hmm. if we understood that and we asked questions and we got to the root of that we would actually probably become best friends with that that person because we'd feel bad for them Mm -hmm. and empathy would kick in and and then it would solve the issue right again that's what that's what we're trained to do is is the exact opposite is is make an opinion about that that person put them in a box and then us go keep doing our thing and thinking that they're completely wrong
0: I made a post about it just the other day, but it makes it it rings so true to what you're saying here, right? Walt Whitman said, "Be curious and less judgmental," right? So asking yourself questions of situations more than just judging immediately, like I hate assumptions, right? I, I, I you know, in a workplace, you know, in a corporate world, you know, I'm known classically for it. Is as if one person thinks that someone was meaning this, and the other person heard this. I'm like, well, let's just all three get in the room and let's talk about it. And I know that that has been a disruption in. Corporate world, as I've been growing a company and being and working with many other companies, like even if it's with our clients, well, you know, this ex employee thought this, but this client said this, and I don't, there's a lot of assumptions. I'm like, well, let's all three get in the room and talk about it, right? And it's like, it's so disruptive, but it has shifted culture, right? And raising culture around you when you have that just curiosity in life is your intent is just to like get to the bottom of it, right? Regardless of feelings, regardless of, you know, intent, it's like, Hey, I just want to get to the bottom of it and do the best thing here. Right. And it has changed like an environment of people that I've been around. And I know that, you know, creating culture has been a really important part of yours Um, I don't know if that reigns true to you. It's just like having zero judgment and just getting in the room and just like hashing it out. But that's something I find incredible joy in. And I don't know why.
1: Well, again, and I keep bringing this back up because I just think it's so powerful. One of my pastors came up with, he, he tied the hero's journey into these four words and he creates a pie out of them. And so, you know, the top left quadrant is, is belong. The, the, the bottom left is follow, the, the bottom right is discover, and the top is serve. And the reason we did this is because when we were building a church, we had to realize that people, it, it was a safe place to fit in any of those boxes. We had to create space for any of those boxes. And so when we're talking about culture and we're talking about growth and we're talking about, you know, people moving from a consumer to a, a, a producer or a creator, right you have to have space for all those and it has to be okay that people are in those spaces because there's a place where somebody needs comfort they in in their life whether they're in that victim mentality or they're just they they don't belong to anything they need that cultural aspect of a place a safe place to belong and so in our church we used to have this the saying you don't even have to believe to belong here like you don't have to believe about you know Jesus or God or anything just come here and just Just see the the relationship, you know, just just know that people care about you. And if you don't believe that's okay. like I had a best friend that was an atheist that loved to come to our church because he loved the culture and the environment. And he took the information and took notes and it made him a better person. And we were like, hey, totally cool. Right. But then there also becomes a place where you go from belong to by nature, just wanting to follow somebody because you start to see. Man, that person has fruit in their life. They have something that that I want. Like they they run a little bit different. Their relationship with their wife's a little bit different. They they come in smiling instead of writing about the the world or the past or right. And and so you become curious, and so you want to follow that person and you want to understand like what they're doing. Which by nature, and this is this is where the hero's journey comes in, is is what happens is you let go of some of who you were to become a little bit more of what they're doing and you start to find your own path. And so there's a, a death to self, right? In between that following and, and um, discover is is a death to something where you're letting go of something so that you can become more, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the discover. And really, truly, that's where kind of the hero lives. That's where in the movies, you know, they find the treasure or get the girl or whatever it is but there's another layer to that. And, and that's what the really, the movies that really pull you in and like really hit your heart or the people that live a life where they've become the hero, but then they start to give back and it becomes less about themselves and more about the next person up. They become that person that people want to follow. Right. And that, that's why uh, Kobe Bryant, like one of, one of my favorite stories to follow And one of the reasons why I think he created such a big impact, like if you know his story at the beginning, it was very exciting that he was a part of the Lakers. He was this young, like, you know, up and coming. He had so much talent, but as they started winning championships, he actually started becoming hated because he wanted, he wanted so bad to become the next Michael Jordan, the next best player in the world that he wasn't thinking about anybody else but himself. It was all about him. Right. Well, after he had pushed everybody out, whether that was his choice or whether they just felt like they needed to build around him, it doesn't really matter. What happened was, is he realized he was all alone and he had to change. And and when he had that transfer from eight to 24, he changed his number. He also had a mind shift about, okay, I have to help to build a team and develop a team and become a leader and a mentor to these younger players. And that's even more important than actually winning. And he actually had, if you looked at his numbers and his statistics, he didn't win, he only won two championships in that second half where he won three in the first, but but he brought a team along. It wasn't a team that was built around him, it was a team that was developed. And he was a huge part of that. And he started stepping into the culture of the NBA and helping people. And instead of not wanting to be um, you know, people didn't want to be on his team. Like people were go- moving away from him when he was number eight. And, and all of a sudden now people are like wanting to be a part of him, even to the point when he, when he retired, then he started stepping in and helping, you know, the, the women's athletics and that type of thing and, and, and building platforms there. And so it's just a beautiful thing to watch that. But as leaders, what we have to understand is, is that work, we have to create those four quadrants, So that people can grow through them. So if you're building a business, or you're building a culture, or you're building your family, like you have to have those implemented so that it's okay for people to move from those, those spaces. And just because they're good in one area, and let's say they've made it to that hero spot in one area of their life doesn't mean that that's every area, right? That's where we keep redefining ourselves, and and how we do anything is how we do everything. We start to apply those to other pieces in our life, and we start to grow through those stages. And so it's become something that that I'm very passionate about talking about because I feel like it overlaps in anything. Like if you look at a good movie, or you look at somebody that has lived a good life, like they have all they have they've gone through all those different stages, and and they're bringing other people through it. And so it's a it's a beautiful thing you know and the last thing i'll say about that is <clears throat> i think one of the things that you see you see the the freedom of of somebody when and again this is my belief but we start out when we're in the belong and follow and sometimes even the discover is is our life is you centered like everything revolves around us right and it's all about us and and how do we get better and and with that a lot of times what happens I know when I went back in 2009, uh, when I went through a divorce, I, I had a victim mentality because everything felt like it was on my shoulders. And you get to a place when it fails, then all you can do is you can point at other things and say, well, it's this or that because I've tried as hard as I can. But when you make it a God-centered world and you're just a piece of that and you know that it's not on your shoulders and, and you're in a place where you get to be a part of that, you get to choose to be a part of that story... And you can be an intre- integral part of helping somebody else to be a part of that story. Then it takes all the pressure off of you and, and it's a healthy story as as, as opposed to a, a victim mentality, you know, that eventually is gonna fail.
0: And so It almost gives you a lightness, right? An airiness about how you operate, which then ultimately allows you to attract and serve more people. because if you put it all on your shoulders, which it's not, uh, you might think it is, but it's, it's not when you look at it, right? That it, it allows, it, it, well, it doesn't allow you to be able to help or do as much good as you possibly could as if you just, just go about it with this energy that there's something bigger up there that's taking care of it, you know, regardless if it's you. And I've noticed that in my life in the last few years is just, you know, almost surrendering, you know, or being more obedient about what's happening and just rolling with it given even like the tough week that we've had this week and just knowing it's happening, it's happening for a reason. And that's okay. I don't know what it is yet, but it's happening. And it's so just looking for the reasons why it's happening and then learning from those and then just moving forward. It has allowed us to have an energy about how we roll with the punches or deal with the peaks and valleys so much simpler.
1: Yeah. And, and also if you look at it the right way, every, everything that we deal with in life gives us either, uh, we, we could use it as being the victim, right. Uh, or, or it could be something that becomes a tool that empowers us to connect to other people that are going through that. And I think that's the beautiful thing. Like I've had people ask before, like I had an ex, uh, fiance that asked me, you know, like you must still really miss your parents. And, and the answer is, yeah, yeah, I miss my parents that passed away 20 years ago now. But the reality is at this point, I'm to a place where I would not change it because it's given me a tool to connect to hundreds and thousands of people and want to, to help them walk through the struggles that they're going through, where if I hadn't experienced that, I would have no connection to those people, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what life's about. The only thing that's certain is death. Everybody's going to have to deal with death at some point. And so if you learn to, to harness that, I was just helping a, a lady from our team. Her, her grandma was dying and her grandma was kind of like, had been like a mother figure to her. And she found out about five days before that she had to go to the East Coast and visit her. And she's like, you know, I'm going to get some time with her. And I said, I want to challenge you. He said, I know this is going to be very difficult for you. But she's a believer. And and I said, how cool is this, number one, that you get to connect the fact that she's passing, you get to say goodbye, you get to pay your respects, but you also know that she's actually, you believe that she's going to a better place. And right. Some people would look at that as this is the worst moment in my life, but you can flip that and you can make it a beautiful thing. And it can actually be something that helps you grow closer to that spiritual side. Mm hmm. And so challenged her with that and, and uh, she came back and she's like, we had some amazing conversations and I get to say goodbye. And, and she's like, I do feel closer. And I feel like now it's challenging me to have the next type of relationship, a spiritual relationship with her. Right. Where again, if, if you wouldn't, have, if she wouldn't have had me just to point those things out, you would fall victim because you're all of a sudden everything has changed and you feel like you've lost something but with the right perspective you can shift that and say well actually i'm gaining something that now i have to work on i'm going back through that cycle of belong follow discover serve right now now i'm in that belong and i'm she's looking to me to say okay well how did he deal with this and now once she's gone through that she'll have the power to help somebody else mm-hmm.
0: and that that's the beautiful thing of life if you're looking at it through the right lens And that's to all things, right? I think anyone that has gone through a lot, the more you go through or grow through, depending on how you look at it, the more you have the availability to help and serve more people, right? I think a lot of people will look at the things that they've gone through as these, you know, marks or these negative reasons why they can't do it or shouldn't do it. And, I mean, if you're in that place, you're in that place, you need to work on that. You know, you need to, you need to, you know, figure out what's the root in that and go uproot that. But I believe the more that you have had happen to you is the more opportunity you have to inspire and motivate and help more people. Right. So don't use it as the reason why you can't. You need to use it as the reason why you should, um, and use it to an advantage really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anybody that's been successful in anything has battled through things and that's why they're good. Yeah. Right. And, and it goes back to the same thing with the glass cup. Like if, if, if it was a plastic cup and it was thrown down and there was no, there was no crash, right? There was no hurt or there's no didn't scare him, then, then nothing would change. Right. And, and so the same thing in life, if, if you didn't have to deal with those things, if you had, didn't have to go through hardship, you wouldn't become stronger you wouldn't create those connections and so yeah it's life
0: life is beautiful in that way mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: one definite thing i want to and this might be a little random but i do want to make sure that we talk about before we close today is is that you've used the word empathy a lot and i think empathy is a truly powerful strength that all of us need to have at some level you know if you do not have the ability to walk in someone else's shoes see it from someone else's perspective you you're just you're running blind in the world right you really are um but there's there's a certain balance with empathy that i want to make sure that you know depending on if you're more relational or you're more like an executor like you have to understand that empathy cannot be enablement right it can't be this this thing where you're like oh but they're going through this so i allow them to do that and so how would you recommend that that perfect blend of, you know, hearing people, seeing people, feeling people, you know, to allow you to soften your approach with them, but also not doing it so far that you enable them or create this space where you're allowing to, you know, continue to perpetuate something that could be hurting them. Where's the balance in that word? Cause I just, I think it's so important to define that and know that because I think if people aren't really aware of that, they could maybe go too far one way or the other. Yeah
1: uh I, let's let's bring it back to that Jamie Winship stuff like the the true identity the true identity is urgent fearlessness that leads to internal peace that leads to creative solutions right empathy is is the ability to understand what somebody's going through it's not sympathy it's not feeling sorry for them and so it's understanding what they're going through but as leaders we, by nature, we should also be creating solutions. And so there should always be a space. There should be a putting your arm around the person saying, hey, I, I understand what you're feeling. Or, or maybe I don't understand what you're feeling, but but I feel for you. However, here's here's the path, right? Here's the path that we need to take. Here's the next step. Or do you know the next step? I think I think sometimes it's good to ask a question and allow them to come up with the answer. But if there's not an answer, well, then you're suggesting that because you have some wisdom in that area or, or you're somebody that they can find in. And so I think that the creative solutions is that's that's the biggest piece to to a good leader is you're constantly ideating. Like one of the things I love in my in, in our business, our business is about it's about anti-aging. It's about looking and feeling younger. It's about helping people to, to create income But what I love about it is the ideation of how to change situations, right? Which a lot of times have nothing to do with those things. Those are entries in those are ways to create trust. But a lot of times it's it's how are you showing up as a father? How are you showing up as as a leader to somebody else? Or How are you working on your personal growth? Like all these other things, right? And we're creating opportunities and solutions for them to follow. Because they don't know that they don't know what to do at that point. And so that's where, you know, when I say empathy, it's not sympathy. It's not feeling sorry, because I think I think sympathy is is when you fall into this pit of let's all feel bad together. Therefore, it's OK. And let's just sit in this and and bake in it. Right. <laughs> and and that's that's the wrong thing. That's not what we we're not trying to create a culture of people that just feel sorry for themselves and not doing something. It's it's we understand now, now let's go do something about it. And let's go change this for the positive. Let's, let's turn, instead of it being a win and in a in a, in a loss, it's a win and a lesson. And mm. let's learn from it. Let's sharpen our
0: tool and let's, let's go, you know, take over the world. I love it. I love it. Well, we're about up on time. Anything else that you want to share with the world today?
1: No, I just, here's the thing is, is I think that, that the world is a, constant playground to, um, to grow, you know, a, a book that I really love is, is Simon Sinek. It's, uh, you know, the, I, I think it, the infinite game, right. It talks about, it talks about finite versus infinite. And so many times we look at things as finite, like a, like a basketball game. There's an end point, right. Whoever scored the most wins. And the reality is that's not real life. There's, there's little spurts of that and we have to create spurts of that because we give ourselves dopamine by getting those little wins, right? That's what actually eggs us on for the bigger purpose of what life, like mm-hmm. what we're here for. And so I think that when we start to look at life like that infinite, like how do we step into this life and how do we constantly make a difference? How do we find our purpose so that our, everything aligns to that mission statement that we have? Therefore, we're, we're given value. You know, that that is one of the things that I think um, I'm, I'm very passionate about is like, how do we keep helping to build heroes? But then those heroes start to give back to the world and it just keeps creating this loop of positivity because that's that's what we need right now. We need we need people to step up and in the, especially in the United States, we need to find our identity like we need to find our true identity and create connection, stop putting up walls and stop creating separation and, and just go out there and change the world. And it starts in our four walls and then it starts to move out from there. And
0: so, right. So I'll end with that. Yeah. You know, you said that, and I, you, you, I know you're a basketball fan. So did you see the Giannis interview after the Bucks got delimited from it? Yeah. It makes me think yeah. of that, right? Like oh, really good, right. You know, he, <laughs> yes. if you haven't seen it, it's a really good one. Like they lost, they're out of the playoffs. They're not going to win a championship this year. And apparently the same guy who asked him the same question last year was like, well, you know, is this season, you know, a a win or a a loss and or, you know, a a win or a A failure? failure." And he's like and then he turns it back on him. Right. The great thing what leaders do is they ask questions and, you know, like Mm -hmm. what, you know, do you get a raise every year? No. Okay. So did you fail this year? Cause you didn't get a raise or you didn't get a promotion. No, you're working towards something much bigger. Right. And then like Michael Jordan, you know, out of 15 years, he won six championships. Was that a failure? No, he didn't even win 50% of it, but he had, you know, a lot, arguably one of the best players or the goat as what some people would say. And I think it's important to know that in life. And I know we talked about this, so I don't want to like hash it completely out, but I think it's worth repeating is people absolutely overestimate what they can get done in a short period of time a week a month a year and underestimate what they can do in a long period of time five ten years and so the the message is guys is you know think bigger think longer because the the saying that goes and this is maybe my like controversial statement is people talk about how life's so short it's so short take advantage guys it is literally the longest thing you will do is live until you die, which is certain, it will happen. It is the longest thing you will do. It may be outside of having kids and then you know, passing on that legacy, but it is the longest thing you do. So take your time, learn from it, enjoy it, but also be purposeful about how you go about it. Because I think a lot of people have just lost purpose. I think people maybe even think that they're going to live forever, right? And they forget yeah. that they are going to die and they're not being intentional about some of those things. Good man. Very good. All right. Well, brother, it was an honor as always. And uh, I love you, man. I appreciate yeah, you. This was amazing. I appreciate it, Nate, so much. And we will definitely, I'm going to get. have to maybe get you and Jen on at one time. That might be fun. Or maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. That's up to you. <laughs> Recording stopped.